we've been listening but haven't been listening as actively as we yeah. should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, that's just that I think. And that's just it. It's us as consumers. It's like, what are we actually consuming? You know, are we are we actually listening? You know, what we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. We're back. We're back on <laughs> a slightly different time of day. Slightly different day. Yeah. Not not that anyone would know. Um, True. We've, we've, we've changed it up this week. We're doing a little Sunday night record, which I guess is important to say because of the nature of, of the day-to-day current events, things change. I feel like it is actually important to say when we're recording because, man, and, and the climate that we're living in at the moment, 24 hours can be everything. So, yeah, oh, it's 9 p.m. Uh, Sunday night New Zealand time, mm-hmm. uh, 7th of June. How are you going, man? End of the weekend? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, the, this week's been really lovely. Um, I've just had, yeah, I've had Rachel here um, the whole week, which has been really nice. Took her back to Tauranga on Friday. And yeah, like you were saying, there's been a lot going on this week, you know, not necessarily affecting me and my present right now, but just uh, across the world, it's been, it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot trying to keep up with everything. It's been a busy week mentally and mm. emotionally for mm-hmm. for people all across the world in different levels of intensity uh, based on, you know, everything that's going on. But I think for most people, they're, they're, they're feeling quite, uh, personally, I felt quite overwhelmed this week. Mm. There's a lot going on. I think the, I mean, the last couple of months, the last week is really reflective of of the time we live in, in terms of like media and the media cycle and how quickly yeah. things change and how quickly we get global news and have the, I mean, we could spend hours talking about like the globalization of, of the world that we, we live in, but it's been a long week and we are going to talk about it later on. Um, yeah. but, but you've had a good week and that's nice to get up. I, off, I, off I the have, top. no, I, I, I have, I have had a good week. Um, what, what about you? I mean, you, you, anything interesting going on in the world of James? No, I mean, yeah, it's I. I've, today has been one of those days that ha- has been a Sunday that hasn't felt like a Sunday, and I think mm. I'm my days are still out of whack as yeah, a like yeah. a follow on from from COVID and and all that stuff. Um, kind of strangely ready for a Monday. Mm. I'm I'm ready to start a new week. I feel like this was a week that that had a lot packed into it, and I'm ready to say this week's over. Let's get into yeah, get into Monday. Yeah, obviously the things that we're referencing are going to continue, continue to develop. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just been one of those weekends that's that has felt like I had a little extra day. I guess that's what happens when you go out to a little BYO on Friday night and you uh, wake up yeah. on a Saturday a little bit <laughs> dusty, and and then you realise on Sunday that uh, you've got another day, yeah, which was nice. Uh, it's which Sunday. was nice. Nice. Hey, nice. Hey, I'm okay. So you 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 hit me you hit me with a lovely opening topic last week of oh, yeah. uh, of the the great chip debate um now i must say i have i have kept it in line in in the sense of food realms very good um, because it's just something that always interests me um but here it is i'm going to hit you with it mm. if you could only eat one thing or a meal for the rest of your life what would it be a classic question one which we 
which we constantly have to check ourselves as we grow up in life because <laughs> it changes. For it me, changes. it used to be, definitely not this anymore, it used mm-hmm. to be cereal for a long time. I was staunchly like a cereal in the afternoon coming home from school type person. Mm-hmm. Rest assured, it's not that anymore. Um, just to clarify, so so is it kind of the one the one meal? Well, like I, I mean, can have all the components that I would need to make the thing. Yeah, I, I I mean you'll you'll get to my answer in a second and and how I feel like I can try and get around a little. But mm. it's like yeah, I mean like you say a thing, it's like you you know like just a Mars bar. Like, that's yeah. a thing. But, yeah. like, a meal. Yeah. Like, okay. let's say if it was spaghetti bolognese, you could potentially, yeah. you know, switch out the meat or how you do yeah. the spag kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think where I've been sitting for the last at least a good couple of years, because I, I feel very strongly about this this question. <laughs> it's a doozy. I'm always a fan of it. Um, I, I'm in an interesting time where I feel like my answer might be changing. Mm-hmm. But I haven't changed it yet. So the answer I'm going to give you is just a good old-fashioned BLT. Okay. Slash blat. Avocado, maybe mm-hmm. not necessary, but it, but if on hand, um, I get very excited about a BLT. Just <laughs> like, not not a bad, not a bad BLT. Not a supermarket, yeah. Tesco's. Oh, no. But if you can give me any kind of like hard surfaced bread, mm-hmm. you know, ciabatta roll, ideally we're talking streaky bacon, lettuce and, and tomato. I'm quite a big vegetables guy. Like mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. feel quite strongly about, about eating vegetables. Vegetables. <laughs> um, uh, mayo or aioli, also crucial elements. Of course, um, got to have the sauce. But yeah, I'm a big fan of, of the compactability of, of a BLT. I feel very strongly about that being something you could eat at nine in the morning, one in the afternoon or for dinner. Whereas mm. I don't feel as strongly about say something like a spaghetti bolognese, yeah. which maybe it's, I quite like the fact that a BLT isn't too labor intensive. Mm-hmm. I I have a dicey relationship with meals that I feel take a long time, like True. pancakes for one. I've always found that if you're not that pancakes are necessarily difficult, but I often find that, you make the batter, blah, blah, blah. Then they burn a little bit. They're not quite what you wanted. By the time you eat them, they're slightly cold. And you're like, oh, was this worth the effort? BLT, mm. I would say a pretty good ratio of being satisfied with how long it took to eat versus how satisfying it was to eat. Um, Got to give a special shout out to the old Caesar salad. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hello, a Caesar of- salad. A lot salad? of similar, a lot of similar ingredients. The way yeah. the way I make a Caesar salad is nothing like a traditional Caesar salad, which I think <laughs> is just lettuce, uh, some kind of cheese. I don't even think traditionally has like any kind of meat protein in it. Yeah, it's a very I'd, and I'm also sure. traditionally has either anchovies or sardines in it, which I'm not a fan of. Mm. The way I make a bastardized Caesar salad includes lettuce, includes tomatoes croutons crucial uh generally a couple of poached eggs and then ideally like chicken or something in there not really a caesar salad more the generic guy wants to put carbohydrates and salty stuff in a salad salad <laughs> but that's a close a close runner-up but yeah, nice. this question has been formed from you feeling strongly about it i'm sure so i'm really interested to hear what yeah, yours yeah. Is. 
Mine, okay, so to be honest, you talking about the making factor has definitely made me rethink my choice. But, like, when I had this image, I was kind of like, all right, well, this food will just appear in front of me, which it does if you go and buy it out, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Um, and that can be part of it, man. This might be part of the rules of the world where you have to answer this question. True. True. Yep. Okay. Well, my answer, and a lot of people might not be on the same page. A lot of people might. Um, sushi. Oh, yeah. I Completely um, different realm of answer. Yeah. I understand where yeah. you're coming from. I, I love sushi. I will eat sushi any time of the day, whether it's for lunch, dinner, breakfast. Not that I have sushi for breakfast, but I would. Mm. Um, but yeah, the whole thing component is you can have salmon, chicken, eel vegetable Mm. um like so many different combinations of sushi so i couldn't really pinpoint one particular sushi style that i really like but if i could just have generic sushi rice and vegetables and Mm. some sort of protein omega-3 then that's that's my go-to because i think with this question it's important to clarify that you're not allowed to substitute ingredients in and out day to day if you're eating this every like you're making a spaghetti bolognese with the same recipe every day you're eating Mm. the same pizza every day it's there's not enough room so i appreciate that you recognize the fact that there's a lot of variance in sushi but you'll be happy to decide on one if and when the time comes to it and you'll sit on that and i'll sit on it and you know what if you wanted to claim that you're eight eight box of of mixed sushi as a standard i'm more than happy to grant you eight different kinds of sushi but just always the eight same different kinds of you know i'll take that i know that i know which box i'm thinking about as well we'll we'll have to chat to we'll have to chat to the genie and clarify the rules but true true but i think it's it's because sometimes you ask people this question and they'll say, oh, pizza. I mean, you can get, you know, margarita and meat lovers or Supreme. And I'm like, no, no, no. You've missed no, the no, whole no, point. One. We're not asking for a food group. <laughs> yeah. We're asking for a, a, a more close, close a, definition. A thing. It's finished. Yeah. Well, I think sushi is a great answer because also a relatively healthy. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. comes into part of the, cons- part of the consideration. Because mm-hmm. if anyone's giving the answer of like, Oh, a Lewis Road Creamery box of ice cream or something. I'm like, you know, you're going to you get over can't. that, and you're going to yeah. be sick of it in a couple oh, of days. I agree. Um, I agree. Whereas sushi, I think, is a good long term, long term answer. Mm-hmm. And also, completely understand what you're saying about the prep time because I've never tried to make sushi, but I know it's difficult. <laughs> and Neither have I, I. I only imagine that unless you're buying super, super fresh fish and you know what you're doing, probably underwhelming in comparison to what. Mm and a sushi restaurant or even even yep. relatively cheap sushi yep so true um i mean this is good man i feel every one of these questions we do i get to learn a little bit more about how your stomach operates <laughs> i've i've had small bits of information over the years but you know this is this is important stuff this and you is, know what yeah you know what's really interesting this week is <laughs> i had a strong a strong epiphany about our conversation last week regarding yeah. chips mm-hmm. remember how i chatted about how I didn't understand where Thai sweet chili had come from. Yes. And I couldn't, I was like, where does this come from? I think I've solved it. What? So this week I <laughs> uh, had both a bag of the Mexicano uh, corn chips, mm-hmm. which is I think a New Zealand brand, but I'm sure people people can relate to generic corn chip. 
The first bag that I had, and these were small bags, not big ones. The first bag I had was salsa, a classic flavor. Classic. The second bag I had was Thai sweet chili corn chips. And I had a sneaking Mm -hmm. suspicion when I put the first one in my mouth. I was like, this is just going to taste like salsa. And you know what, bro? What? Basically the same thing. I feel strongly that Thai sweet chili is just salsa. It's just salsa. And for some reason, chip brands or whatever, for some reason, they don't want to use the word salsa. They don't want to describe it that way. And everyone's decided to label them Thai sweet chili. I was eating this bag of Thai sweet chili corn chips and I was thinking, this is the, this is the salsa this flavor the profile. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to go into it for, for much longer. My mum said to me, you talk about chips for too long. So, you know, she's a, <laughs> she's a crucial audience. You've got to listen fear, to your feedback. Fear, no, fear. But no, I feel so much better about the world of, of chips that I live in now understanding that Thai sweet chili is really... It's just practically salsa. salsa. It's just yeah. salsa and a, and a different, different thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point we can do a little taste test in person off the air, you know, just to check this out. But I yep. feel pretty strongly about it. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Anyway, we've managed to talk about food for a long time. Again, I don't regret it. The numbers <laughs> no. of audience members continue to dwindle. Um, but as we as we talked about loosely in the intro, obviously this week's been a massive week uh, for all the stuff that's come out in relation to uh, the death of George Floyd in the uh, in the US and the kind of the, the global discussion and, and action. That has really taken off in a way that, yeah. in, in a way that, I mean, I, I think it's really important for us to say that we we talked about uh, yesterday whether we wanted to talk about this topic. Um, I think there's a whole lot of other debates to be had around uh, who you know who has the right to talk about this topic. Does this topic belong in all conversations that are being had at the moment? You know, kind of different you know, podcasts and, and things that aren't necessarily news sources, you know, there were things that happened this week where musicians weren't, you know, doing the blackout on their music mm. and mm. things. And I think this, uh, this week in particular has really taken another step in terms of this conversation taking place in spheres that maybe it didn't, it didn't reach quite so significantly. I either, for this week and for what's happening at the moment, we're going to stop the normal and replace it with this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the difficulty for for us, particularly as uh, people that aren't, aren't American. Uh, we certainly aren't uh, African-American. There have been conversations that, you know, lots of conversations going around about whose time is it to talk. And I think we felt it would be dishonest for us to to have a podcast at the end of this week and not address it in in some manner. But Mm -hmm. we also wanted to be sensitive and not speak in a way that we didn't feel qualified to speak, not to, you know, touch on, on perspectives or opinions or topics that we didn't feel like we are the right voices to be talking about that. So we are, we are going to talk about it, but through the lens um, of, of something different. I, I, I mean, how do you, how have you felt this week in terms of, in terms of that? Yeah, no, I, Totally agree. I mean, I think it, the amazing thing to watch so far is just how, as you said, how the whole world has really 
um, received uh, what what's happened. I mean, it was over two weeks ago um, with George Floyd's uh, murder. Um, and the US have completely blown up. Uh, I believe the UK and London were in their second weekend of protests as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a protest here in New Zealand. There's protests going on. I believe it might have been Mexico or uh, I can't quite remember, but uh, there, there's protests everywhere in the world. And uh, like you were saying, I on Tuesday had a had a really low day, a, a mm. really low day. Me, I've always identified as a Dutch Maori, mm-hmm. um, and me being a Maori, I I never really grew up with um, with, with all of my ties, my iwi, my whakapapa, just everything. I, I really don't know um, where where I've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, when the protests were going on, I was obviously working. I couldn't be there, but on, yeah, on Tuesday, I just had a really hard day of just trying to comprehend what does this all mean for me? What does it mean anything for me? Um, but I think it, it just goes to show with the reception of everyone in the world, not just, not just black lives, um, or brown lives and Maori lives, Pacifica lives, um, it, that everyone is starting to listen and action needs to be done um so yeah i think i think we just need to make sure that this isn't just something that's trending um as it has many years before this um and we just you know we (laughs) we start change yeah i think those are some some really good points and and i think the difficulty with the conversations over the last particularly the last week or so the week before is it is sensitive ground in terms of, you know, there are people in who've, you know, have been involved in the Black Lives Matter movement for, you know, obviously decades, but in terms of its its modern yeah. um, real roots, which I think was sort of 2014, 2015. 2013, I believe, was when 20... it was, when it was really, uh, uh, the full movement was created. Yeah. And I mean, there will be voices that are saying, you know, this has been our whole lives. This is mm. our whole family. Mm. I treat generations and generations. I think it's important to to say that, uh, you know, everyone has different ex- experiences with this. Everyone has different uh, levels of, of voices to be heard. But I think what you and I can can offer to this is, you know, saying that obviously we we support uh the black lives matter movement yep. um we can say that you know there's there's lots of ways that you can be an activist even if you're within new zealand like you said there were uh there was a march for it in auckland this week mm-hmm. i know that in different parts of new zealand obviously you can go and donate to the george floyd memorial fund the minnesota freedom fund um you know all you've got to do is go on, on google to find ways that you can contribute um but yeah, t- today Matt and I discussed how we could have a have be a part of the conversation while not just discussing the politics and, and the current events and the general uh, news sense. And what I what I offered to Matt as as a potential conversation that we could have was regarding music and and specifically the artist that I wanted to talk about was uh, Kendrick Lamar. And as you as you said to me, there've obviously been lots of uh black artists you know in the u.s and the in the uk who a strong part of their their dialogue within their music is discussions of of race and systematic oppression and and racial injustice in their countries i mean you you brought up today 
we're talking about childish Gambinos. This is yep. America, as you say, back at number one. And yeah, uh, a few days ago it hit uh, hit number one again on Spotify, and I think it's yeah viewership has gone up over a hundred percent from where it was before, yeah. almost yeah. one fifty, two hundred, somewhere around there. Yeah. So by no no by no means do do we want to sort of say you know Kendrick Lamar is the only person that's been having these conversations in his music. It's obviously not the case. But as someone that I I am a, a big fan of his music, mm. and I, I mean, how, how strongly do you feel about Kendrick Lamar's music? He didn't obviously come up in, in our discussion last last week. I mean, no, no. But um, uh, damn, um, his album was my album of two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love that album. I know that you and me had um just vibed it really when it yeah. when it first came out um yeah. and yeah it's been on my playlist um mm-hmm. for for well, since since it came out really i absolutely yeah. love the album um to pimp a butterfly as well i can't say i've had as much appreciation of that as i has with damn mm-hmm. um but just some yeah some absolute uh heart heartbreakers and just great sounds i just love what he does but also as a performer as well as much of as, as he is as an artist as a performer on stage and what he can convey his message of and and his presentation of it um he can just just uplift it so much more on the message he's yeah. trying to trying to present and i think this is all often the case with with uh you know bands and artists and it can be really hard when you discover an artist to then have to work back through their music yeah and i mean that was certainly the case with me for kanye west i really only started listening to him in 2016 uh sorry 2015 which meant i'd sort of missed the release of his first like five albums or so Mm -hmm. you know what you can feel quite on the back foot trying to rediscover how people feel about about previous previous um releases from from their artists but yeah but i i i I was definitely an, an understanding that you appreciated his his music, at least at least you know in a in a certain amount. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I he did he didn't appear on on. I say I say he as if Kendrick and I are very good friends. Certainly <laughs> not. Um, would love to meet would love to meet the guy. See him in, in concert. Unfortunately, when he came to New Zealand, I had just left. That was that was oh, very frustrating. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I feel like I've been listening to his music for probably like five five years or so um and i i love sort of all all his albums i I don't want to pick a favorite but it's definitely between topimba butterfly and good kid mad city Mm um but yeah i i thought one of the things that came to me this week when i was i was thinking about everything going on on the states and the black lives matter movement was how present uh these topics are within Kendrick Lamar's discography like he's very open about the fact that these are important matters to him and they you can you can track them through Mm. his earlier stuff all the way through to damn how present that is within the narratives that he tells within the 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 overall themes of his music and yeah I thought we could just talk about that and have a wider conversation about what it means to listen to an artist's music when they are talking about uh, real, real matters of, of community that don't necessarily, I don't want to say they don't relate to consumers, but you know, you and I as New Zealanders listening uh, me as, as a white New Zealander, you as a Dutch Maori New Zealander, as it were, mm-hmm. 
us listening to and consuming content that comes from a different country, a different history, and people often listen to music for reasons that aren't political. Yeah. And I think that's what came to me this week when I was thinking about that. I was like, I've had conversations with, with people before about, you know, how responsible are you as a listener to, to listening to music that discusses issues of, um, sociopolitics in a country mm. that you aren't, aren't from. I mean, is it okay, uh, you know, for, to, to paint a broad picture, like, a, a group of white New Zealanders to listen to King Kunta at a party on a Saturday night and, and just like bounce it as, as a jam because it has good vibe and people love that song. Mm. Like where is, where is the line in terms of, you know, art separates from the political um, and social issues that surround the artist and the person that creates it and the specific songs. Cause you know, yeah. different songs have different messages. Not all yeah. of Kendrick Lamar's songs are, are about, you know, black lives matter or, or uh, surrounding issues, some of them about you know sex and drugs and other things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was just I uh, I don't really have a specific question to you, but I was just interested in your thought on on you know consuming music from from people that have very political messages and and you know as as listeners should we like do we have a how much responsibility do we have to actually listen to the lyrics, understand what's being discussed, and not just sort of tune out to the to the yeah. music i mean it's, yeah. it's it's difficult i don't have a strong answer but this is what i've been thinking about yeah well i i think that's just all how we determine you know what what is music to us really yeah. you know like, like you were saying you, you made up a really good point in the sense of like songs like king kunta and all right i've been at so many parties where those songs come on and it, you're right. It's an absolute vibe. Like it goes off. Everyone's going crazy. Um, but the party just continues. Uh, mm. like there's no conversations of any of, of anything that just happened. Not that it's a big conversation you want to have in the middle of, of, well, actually, maybe it is a conversation you want to have while you're, you know, kind of half gone. It's when philosophical comes out of you. Mm. Um, but y yeah, I, I, I guess if these songs are created, for a message then i guess it is up for us to consumers to listen uh mm. and, and not just not just vibe as i was saying it's just a i mean who who listens to the song all right and literally just knows we gonna be all right like do yeah. they actually know any of the other lyrics yeah. or anything like yeah. that are they listening like you said are they actually listening to the song yeah. um so i mean i i guess it's it's hard as you're saying it's a it's a hard bridge between yeah us appreciating the music to the point of yeah we're gonna stand with this music um and i guess that's really up to the under the individual and and their how they want to proceed with what's in front of them really yeah and i guess that's that's kind of where the lessons uh have been going over the last couple of weeks and mm. And, mm. and voices saying that everyone needs to be more um culpable for their for their actions and yeah. maybe that's something that that a point that you and i are, are making maybe we are, are responsible for you know if we've been at a party where all right has played we are engaging in actions that ignore dialogue that's being had mm. about about an issue i mean that i mean that was part of what i was going to bring up that all right became and sort of still is an anthem of the black lives ladder yeah. movement because yeah. of the linkage of to Bimba butterfly and when it came out um and we'll get it we'll get into that but 
yeah, I think it's it's a really it's a really difficult one, but that's kind of been the whole point of the last of the mm. last few weeks. Like something as important as as music, particularly with how Kendrick Lamar has such a big figure, maybe that is the way we consume that is actually a decent size of the pie chart of how you and I engage with the conversations that have been happening at the moment. Yeah. We don't live in America. Mm. Um, we, you know, I've, I've been there for, for six months, but in a bubble of a very, you know, privileged institution of a university. Um, I wouldn't even say, you know, that gave me some inside of like living in America for, for six months, but by mm. no means would I say I've had any level of experience of, of being a part of that country, particularly yeah. not um, with all the issues that are, are going on regarding police br- brutality, but maybe you and I consuming music that discusses these issues is actually a significant portion of how we are implicitly engaged in the debate. And if we listen to that music and don't, you know, it doesn't mean we have to have conversations with people about it, but if you aren't having the conversation with yourself while you're engaging with that, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's what we need to improve on. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it, it was really interesting for me to, to today going through um, Kendrick's major projects and seeing just how uh, it's in all his, not all his music, but it, it's it's laced through all of these albums, mm. and I think. You were saying uh, your love for Dam as an album. The the first track, uh, Blood, clearly reflects all of the. We talked about how All Right was was an anthem, and and actually maybe that's a better place to start. So, to to Pimpa Butterfly was released in March twenty fifteen, um, three months after. Uh, well, we should pack tractor. So July 2014 was with was with when Eric Garner was choked to death in in New York, and the "I can't breathe" um, sort of as a phrase came from that that particular killing. And then three months later, Michael Brown was shot and killed in Missouri. And so when Tabimba Butterfly came out in March 2015, it was three months after basically Michael Brown's killers were exonerated, and that's when that was you know a really big time in the black lives matter movement black lives matter movement and that's part of why all right became such an an anthem within chants mm. at the black lives um, matter movement protests and i think you know there's a specific uh portion from that song that is both referenced in at the end of blood and and dam but was also really the cause of like the discussion when the around it. Was low, looking at the world like where do we go, nigga? And we hate poor poor when the killer's dead in the street for sure, nigga. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright, alright, nigga. We gon' be alright, nigga. We gon' be alright, we gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. So. Yeah, that that particular portion of the pre-chorus of the song, um, I think, was the part that was really, really discuss- discussed, and in particular, quite famously, a Fox News anchor reacted to it negatively, basically, you know, saying that this this wasn't you know inciting violence, and and he makes a comment that you know hip hop has done done more for oppressing black people than racism has, which obviously we completely don't agree with and and mm. most people engaged in this conversation wouldn't 
agree with. But yeah, all right within Tipimba Butterfly. I think it's really interesting within the album as a whole because Kendrick Lamar has been really outspoken at that time speaking about how Tipimba Butterfly is actually an album of hope and trying yeah. to foster solidarity in the in his black communities. And there's clearly underlying strong themes of you know frustration at the justice system the disproportionate targeting and and punishing of black people in his community and that that is particularly strongly emphasized in all right as a song but i've got a little a quote from a an interview that kendrick did in reaction to the fox news reaction which came specifically after his performance at the uh, I think it was the BET Awards, um, where yeah, the 2015 BET Awards, where he performed on top of a, a sort of wrecked cop car, and that was part of the the Fox News discussion. They they were saying, well, this you know, sending bad. I don't know. It was a load of BS. It makes me angry. Um, getting into it, I don't want to give that too much time. But basically, the reaction was that Kendrick Lamar was inciting violence from that. And in reaction to that, I think what Kendrick said was in an interview, I think it was with TMZ, he said, how can you take a song about hope and turn it into hatred? The problem isn't me standing on a cop car. The real problem, which is the senseless acts of killing of these young boys, is avoiding the truth. This is reality. This is my world. This is what I talk about in my music. And you can't dilute that. Of course I'm going to speak on it. Hip hop isn't the problem. Reality is the problem. Mm. Mm. And I found I found that really just in the five sentences or whatever cut to the core of of the narrative that Kendrick Lamar is trying to explain, which is really based in reality. And he's trying to use his platform yeah. as a high profile, dare I say, mainstream now music mm-hmm. artist to talk about these these things. And then that all right is specifically referenced in that track and in, in Damn Blood, where at the end of that first uh, song the the kind of semi skit semi song he actually samples the fox news uh comments lamar stated views on police brutality with that line in the song quote and we hate the popo want to kill us in the street for show ah oh, please oh i don't like it part of why why i I'm really interested in this topic is there's a brilliant podcast by a guy called uh, Cole Kushner, whose podcast dissect, which I really, really recommend listening to you, uh, listening to both, both to you and, and anyone that's listening who has interest in, in hip hop music or Kendrick Lamar or, or either of damn or tip of a butterfly. Basically Cole Kushner goes through every track on these albums and talks about how they, the narratives interlace with each other. It's mm. fascinating just cool. as a review of, of, of music. Yeah. Um, and his comments about uh, blood as a track and sort of the the themes through Dam as a whole, I thought were really interesting because having listened to that album a number of times, as I'm sure you have, I happy to admit I never picked up on Missed on the, yeah. the themes and the narratives as significantly as they take part mm. in the project as a whole. Um, Kalkushner says that Kendrick draws on ancient and contemporary history to craft a parable about the death of an innocent man killed by the same society he was trying to help. And both Blood as a song and, and the album as a whole references, you know, the death of Jesus as 
you know, a state-sponsored lynching, essentially, mm. historically, whether you know you believe it, it occurred or not, that's another debate. But within the narrative of Jesus, like as a state-sponsored lynching, linked with uh, the death of of the character Kung Fu Kenny by the blind lady and blood in that first trunk, as well as the backlash to to Pimpa Butterfly and the All Right song as he tried to tie his community together through you know, non-violence and, and forgiveness. And then Kokushna says, finally, we can see the parable as representative of the various ways different societies from ancient Rome to modern America react to the mistreatment of the abused and the innocent, something that seems particularly relevant in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was listening to this today and I'm like, Ugh. I mean, damn got released. What did you say? 2017? 2017. Yeah. To Pimper Butterfly 2015. And we've been listening to these albums a lot and, yeah. and haven't been like, we've been listening, but haven't been listening as actively as yeah. we should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Oh, that's just it. I think. And that's just it. It's us as consumers. It's like, what are we actually consuming? You know, are we are we actually listening? You know, um, and I think that's just it. I think we've got to we've got to give more uh, back to these artists because they are, like you said, they're using their platform, they're using their voice that they have. Um, so I think it's up to us to to listen and and attend. You know, and 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 be there and and be more present in their music. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I'll give um, about damn. I'll give. I'll give that a listen sometime. And I think, yeah, that, that can be said of a, a wider conversation. I can't think of any, you know, any examples at, at the moment. But, you know, with film and, and TV and, mm. and theatre, mm. I feel like we wouldn't, you wouldn't watch a a movie. I can't, I mean, let me know if you can think of one off the top of your head that, that strongly, you know, has all these thought, all these themes throughout the whole thing. You wouldn't consume something like TV or film and then not pick up on the massive, uh, yeah, you no know, over overarching overarching yeah. themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think there's something about about music. Maybe we're lazy consumers. I mean, people listen to music differently. I, I've talked to people who they listen um, to music very lyrically. Some people mm. purely listen to the sound of music. You yeah, know, we all consume it differently. But I think the consumption of music, as you say, maybe we're a bit lazy as as consumers and, yeah. and we just want to enjoy the sensation that the music gives us yeah maybe the more musicality side of it but not actually listen to the messages mm. particularly when they're based in real world narratives mm. and we're not uh being active at, as consumers how we should yeah and it's i mean like i said before the with the whole you know, Kendrick Lamar's obviously been, you know, he's been asked for a long time. And some people, you know, I'm sure there are people in LA and, and, and Compton that have been listening to him right from the very start. But I think a lot of people, he sort of became mainstream, however you want to define mainstream with Tampa mm. Butterfly. But if you go back and listen to Good Kid, Mad City and, and Section 80, he's still talking about, you know, police brutality and racial profiling in years even before you know, 2013, 2014, 2015, these years where the Black Lives Matter movement really kicked off. Um, and one of my favorite Kendrick songs has always been Good Kid from Good Kid Mad City because of how powerful the song is and just the music, like it really drones in your head. It's one of the kind of songs where 
if I was going out to, to run a 10K or whatever, it would be on my list of, of songs to rev me up. Mm. And then I was thinking, but like you're kind of maybe revved up for the the wrong reasons. The wrong reason. Is that, yeah. is that ignorant to to simply listen to the the sound of the music and how it makes you you feel and and benefit from that as a person without actually listening to the lyrics that accompany it mm. and there, there's a i think the second chorus i mean kendrick lamar is, is amazing with what he does lyrically in the stories that he tells in the first chorus he talks about uh red and blue as representing um bloods and crips and in the the second uh, chorus he again references blood uh red and blue as a as a reference to police. police to persevere as a better person i know you heard this and probably in fear but what am i supposed to do when the bleak and the red and blue flash from the top of your roof and your dog has to say proof and you ask lift up your shirt because you wonder if a tattoo of affiliation can make it a pleasure to put me through game fouls but that don't matter because the matter his racial profile i heard them chatter he's probably young but i know that he's down step on his neck as hard as your bulletproof vest he don't mind he know we never respect the good kid mad city literally the line step on his neck as hard as your bulletproof vest yeah. i listened to that t- today and i i got i got chills yeah not not in a good way and i really no. in a bad way but it made me think i was like i've been listening to this song so often had never listened to that line as yeah. as well as yeah. i should well that well um, that, that, that's 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 the scary thing about this this music and the message that Kendrick in particular and all of these artists have been trying to get to us for years. I mean, it literally happened two weeks ago. Literally, mm. ha- that line literally happened two weeks ago, and it's just crazy that we've all seen it, we've all known that it's that it's happening and going on, and still nothing's being done about it. Still nothing's being done about it. Yeah, and I I, I think it's important to to say that you know. Kendrick's a very inspiring figure within the black community, within hip hop, within music as a whole. And, and he, he is a hopeful person. Mm. And that is Mm. why to pimp a butterfly was, I think such an important album because it's like, like I said, I mean, he's spoken himself about how it's a hopeful album, all about solidarity and trying to bring the community together. The we going to be all right as a line is all about the this will be okay and we yeah, will overcome hope. and and I think the at the the moment there is a lot of of justified anger particularly in the US again which you and I don't don't pretend to to yeah. feel like we have strong enough connections to to speak out on that mm. but what I've always loved about Kendrick is is you can hear the the hope come come through yeah. and even in times like times like the moment I think it's also important to talk about that. Um, and Section 80 has, has our first album um, that people don't listen to that often. I, I highly recommend listening to it, man. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good album. But the first uh, the first track on it, uh, If Your Ethnicity, there's a little sample from that that I wanted to, to play to kind of to wrap this up because it's it speaks to something a little bit different. Now I don't give a fuck if you 
lot harder to hear than the the other songs so i'll i'll just say say the lyrics um which i think i'll i think <laughs> this is a side conversation about how we can do explicit or not i think we can make this podcast explicit so I, yeah I, 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 I think so other than other than a certain word which of course i'm, I'm not going to say um so from from the song fuck your ethnicity kendrick says now i don't give a fuck if you black white asian hispanic god damn it that don't mean shit to me fuck your ethnicity n-word and this song like from his early 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 stuff it's quite i listened to i listened to that earlier just before we came on and that really gave gave me hope that someone like kendrick who has spoken so much about police brutality and racial profiling and and this the specific oppression of the black community in the u.s is also able to say that to some extent ethnicity doesn't matter in as much as people that are not directly affected by the oppression that the black community suffers can still be a part of wider community Mm. community can still exist across across lines of of races as community can you know exist across lines of of all sorts of other things you know religion sexual orientation Mm -hmm. um but yeah the 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 trying to break down the tribal mentality the fact that kendrick is someone that can also just talk a lot about about community and i think that is has been the positive coming out of of this as to see you know action we hope we really hope that action is is happening and to see the way that people are, are speaking out you know from from all all across the globe i mean it's like you said i saw that there was some uh, a protest i think in uh denmark or, or something where thousands of people turned out and they were social distancing and yeah. they were they were standing apart and we've got to hope that after decades and centuries of of of, of oppression and the issues of police brutality in the in the states maybe now is some time where some some meaningful change will occur but yeah yeah i've really enjoyed listening to to kendrick over the last a uh, couple of days and i'm going to try and continue listening to him mm. as well as listening to uh you know i know on spotify there's a, a black lives matters black lives matters uh playlist of of solidarity at the moment which i've been listening to and i think yeah it's like we've been we've been saying at these times where some people don't don't know how they can be involved and and what is as an appropriate level of activism and what is okay and what is not most of us listen to music it doesn't mean everyone likes listening to hip-hop by Mm -hmm. no means are we saying that everyone needs to go out and listen to kendrick lamar but (laughs) it's a good it's a good microcosm a good example of how we do actually engage in the wider discussion of these of these issues perhaps more frequently than we think we do yeah and it's up to us to recognize where we are engaging with these topics and perhaps not engaging as as actively as we as we should yeah yeah no i I fully hear you on that i I think yeah as i've said before um it's just yeah us as consumers we need to we really need to understand what we're consuming um whether it's music film tv um you know, there's there's so much more than what we we get at the surface, 
Um, and I think it's up to us as humanity now to, um, you know, as, as we were saying with, um, fuck your ethnicity, it's, we are all in this together, but obviously right now is the time for black lives matter. And I think Mm. there was, you know, there was a big thing, obviously, um, that everyone's been going on about in the sense of all lives matter. Uh, but I mean, I love the analogy that someone said. It's like your house isn't on fire at the moment. You know, black black mm. lives, their house are on is on fire at the moment. Um, mm. So I'm not trying to take anything away from what they're doing, but I think us as humanity, we really need to just start thinking about how how can we all do this together? Um, because at the end of the day, we've only got one world, one life. Um, so let's make sure we can all be here for each other as long as we can. Absolutely, man. Hey, I couldn't think of a, a better way to, to finish off the podcast than that. Um, yeah, we, we hope that, that people who have listened to this, this episode, uh, are okay with us talking, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement as we have been. Um, obviously they've been, you know, everyone has different opinions on this, but, but we hope that, uh, we've been respectful today and and thank you thank you for listening and of course please feel free to um give us feedback on on what we've been chatting about but thank you for listening into what's been quite quite a different podcast um obviously these these things will continue to develop so so yeah all we can say is thank you for listening um matt love chatting to as always my bro i I love Um, this bro it's 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 one of my favorite parts of the week me too Thanks everyone for listening. Matt, I'll catch you next time. A fresh start. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bros and Bros podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Man, I got so much in store. Racism is still alive. Yellow tape and colored lines. Fuck that nigga, look at that line. It's so down first. They getting off work and they want to see Kendrick. Everybody can't drop in since I've been there. So I'm thinking my bitches to give them my full up attention.